Good evening, this is Caleb Arend with the Walk With God podcast and YouTube channel. Today is March 8th, 2020, and Sunday, and today we're going to be reading from Psalm 51, Numbers chapter 10, verses 1 through chapter 11, verse 23, Proverbs chapter 10, verses 31 and 32, and Mark chapter 14, verses 1 through 21. Before we get started, let's go ahead and open with a word of prayer and uh, stand before God's throne of grace. Heavenly Father, we pray and uh, ask that you would bless this time that we have studying your word. Please open our eyes, please open our ears and our hearts to know your word, to grow in the understanding of your word, to apply its principles to our lives, and that we may grow closer to you, God, because of it. Help us to walk with you, Father, each and every day and each and every minute. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, Psalm 51. To the chief musician, a psalm of David, when Nathan the prophet came unto him after he had gone in to Bathsheba. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin, for I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin ever before me and my sin is ever before me. Against thee, thee only, have I sinned, and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest, and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins, and blot out all mine iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Then will I teach transgressors thy ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God. Thou God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. O Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. For thou desirest not sacrifice, else would I give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. Do good in thy good pleasure unto Zion, build thou the walls of Jerusalem. Then shalt thou be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness, with burnt offering and whole burnt offering. Then shall they offer bullocks upon thine altar. To fully understand the heart of David and the the message of this psalm, we have to understand that in this dispensation, the, the Holy Spirit had not come to live inside of David and inside of the saved people yet. That was not until the day of um, the day of Pentecost and the day when uh, the Holy Spirit came upon the apostles. But here we have David that is crying out to God and asking him, Cast me not away from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. The Holy Spirit was upon David, but it was not inside of David at this, at this point and at this dispensation, which is why he's asking God not to take his Holy Spirit from him, not to take his Holy Spirit from upon him. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Have you ever done something wrong and you've just felt that you just felt dirty and unclean from the inside out, that you, you felt deep regret and grief, not only over the action and the consequences of the action, but grief over the sin itself, and that you've hurt God, which is why 
uh, David said in verse 4, against thee, the only have I sinned. Now, what we can learn, especially from this psalm, is the penitential kind of atmosphere, the, the uh, attitude that David has, and how he turned to God in this. Have mercy upon me, O God. I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. And then asking God, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. And then thou shalt be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness. Uh, thou shalt be satisfied with a broken heart and a broken spirit and a broken and contrite heart. That is what God wants when we sin. He wants a, a contrite heart. He wants a, a broken heart over our sin and for us to come to him and ask him for his forgiveness. We need to also remember that this was at, right after David had gone in unto Bathsheba. That was when he committed adultery with Bathsheba. And he brought her into his house, into the um, the house of the king, and uh, had committed adultery with her. And then also after he had, um, well, in the first part of this the entry notes into this psalm, it doesn't directly say that this was after that David had caused Bathsheba's husband to be killed in battle, but uh, it may have been after that, or it may have been before Uriah the Hittite was killed in battle and caused to die in battle. And the then God sent Nathan the prophet to declare unto David that uh, this blood of Uriah was on David's hands because he caused him to be killed in the battle. This still is a penitential psalm that we can use to uh, have kind of have like a template a little bit of how we should approach God though with a broken heart asking for his forgiveness and desiring the restoration of our relationship with him and desiring for God to create in us a clean heart and a pure heart and a pure spirit now we're turning to the book of numbers chapter 10 we're going to read through chapter 11 verse 23 today and it says and the Lord spake unto Moses saying make thee two trumpets of silver of a whole piece shalt thou make them that thou mayest use them for the calling of the assembly and for the journeying of the camps and when they shall blow with them all the assembly shall assemble themselves to thee at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation and if they blow but with one trumpet, then the princes which are heads of the thousands of Israel shall gather themselves unto thee. When ye blow an alarm, then the camps that lie on the east part shall go forward. When ye blow an alarm the second time, then the camps that lie on the south side shall take their journey. They shall blow an alarm for their journeys. But when the congregation is to be gathered together, ye shall blow, but ye shall not sound an alarm. And the sons of Aaron, the priests, shall blow with the trumpets, and they shall be to you for an ordinance forever throughout your generations. And if ye go to war in your land against the enemy that oppresseth you, then ye shall blow an alarm with the trumpets, and ye shall be remembered before the Lord your God, and ye shall be saved from your enemies. Also in the day of your gladness, and in your solemn days, and in the beginnings of the, your months, ye shall blow with the trumpets over your burnt offerings, and over the sacrifices of your peace offerings, that they may be to you for a memorial before your God, I am the Lord your God. And it came to pass on the twentieth day of the second month in the second year, that the cloud was taken up off from off the tabernacle of the testimony. And the children of Israel took their journeys out of the wilderness of Sinai, and the cloud rested in the wilderness of Paran. And they first took their journey according to the commandment of the Lord by the hand of Moses. In the first place went the standard of the camp of the children of Judah according to their armies, and over his host was Nashon the son of Amminadab. And over the host of the tribe of the children of Issachar was Nethaniel the son of Zuar, 
And over the host of the tribe of the children of Zebulun was Eliab, the son of Helon. And the tabernacle was taken down, and the sons of Gershon and the sons of Merari set forward, bearing the tabernacle. And the standard of the camp of Reuben set forth according to their armies. And over his host was Eliezer, the son of Shadur. And over the host of the tribe of the children of Simeon was Shulumiel, the son of Zurishadai. Uh, and over the host of the tribe of the children of Gad was Eliasaph, the son of Deuel. And the Kohathites set forward, bearing the sanctuary, and the other did set up the tabernacle against they came. And the standard of the camp of the children of Ephraim set forward according to their armies, and over his host was Elishama the son of Amihud. And over the host of the tribe of the children of Manasseh was Gamaliel the son of Pedazar. And over the host of the tribe of the children of Benjamin was Abidon the son of Gideoni. And the standard of the camp of the children of Dan set forward, which was the rearward of all the camps throughout their hosts. And over his host was Ahiazer, the son of Emishadai. And over the host of the tribe of the children of Asher was Pagiel, the son of Akran. And over the host of the tribe of the children of Naphtali was Ahira, the son of Enon. Thus were the journeyings of the children of Israel according to their armies when they set forward. And Moses said unto Hobab, the son of Raguel, the Midianite, Moses' father-in-law, We are journeying unto the place of which the Lord said, I will give it you. Come thou with us, and we will do thee good, for the Lord hath spoken good concerning Israel. And he said unto him, I will not go, but I will depart to mine own land and to my kindred. And he said, Leave us not, I pray thee, forasmuch as thou knowest how we are to encamp in the wilderness, and thou mayest be to us instead of eyes. And it shall be, if thou go with us, yea, it shall be, that what goodness the Lord shall do unto us, the same will we do unto thee. And they departed from the mount of the Lord three days' journey, and the ark of the covenant of the Lord went before them in the three days' journey to search out a resting place for them. And the cloud of the Lord was upon them by day when they went out of the camp. And it came to pass, when the ark set forward, that Moses said, Rise up, Lord, and let thine enemies be scattered, and let them that hate thee flee before thee. And when it rested, he said, Return, O Lord, unto the many thousands of Israel. So here in chapter 10, the Lord is uh, telling Moses, okay, make two trumpets, and of the these trumpets of silver, you're going to use these for signals. And so armies, even to uh, the medieval times, many times used trumpets. And even today, uh, if you would go onto a fort or onto a base, if you hear the reveille and the, the wake-up call in the morning, it's uh, by this recording of the, the trumpet playing the reveille to wake the soldiers up and uh, declare unto them that it is time to get up, it's time to start today and, and to get going. And so this was the same use that these trumpets were used for. They were to use to call the children, the heads of the children of Israel, to call a, a large uh, congregation of all the children of Israel, to blow an alarm for when enemies were about to attack them, to blow an alarm for when they were to get ready to move and set forward to follow the Lord. And uh, then the, this also set forward the explanation of how and what order of march all the children of Israel and all the different tribes and heads of those tribes would be ordered in their order of march when the Lord went before them and when the ark of the Lord followed the cloud of the Lord uh, by day and the rest of the children of Israel after them. Chapter 11. 
When the people uh, complained, it displeased the Lord, and the Lord heard it, and his anger was kindled, and the fire of the Lord burnt among them, and consumed them that were in the uttermost parts of the camp. And the people cried unto Moses, and when Moses prayed unto the Lord, the fire was quenched, and he called the name of the place Taberah, because the fire of the Lord burnt among them, and the mixed multitude that was among them fell a lusting. And the children of Israel also wept again, and said, Who shall give us flesh to eat? We remember the fish which we did eat in Egypt freely, the cucumbers, and the melons, and the leeks, and the onions, and the garlic. But now our soul is dried away. There is nothing at all beside this manna before our eyes. And the manna was as coriander seed, and the color thereof as the color of bdellium. And the people went about, and gathered it, and ground it in mills, or beat it in a mortar, and baked it in pans, and made cakes of it, and the taste of it was as the taste of fresh oil. And when the dew fell upon the camp in the night, the manna fell upon it. Then Moses heard the people weep throughout their families, every man in the door of his tent, and the anger of the Lord was kindled greatly. Moses also was displeased. And Moses said unto the Lord, Wherefore hast thou afflicted thy servant, and wherefore have I not found favor in thy sight, that thou layest the burden of all this people upon me? Have I conceived all this people? Have I begotten them, that thou shouldest say unto me, Carry them in thy bosom, as a nursing father beareth the sucking child unto the land which thou swearest unto their fathers? Whence should I have flesh to give unto all this people? For they weep unto me, saying, Give us flesh that we may eat. I am not able to bear all this people alone, because it is too heavy for me. And if thou deal thus with me, kill me, I pray thee, out of my uh, out of hand, if I have found favor in thy sight, and let me not see my wretchedness. And the Lord said unto Moses, Gather unto me seventy men of the elders of Israel, whom thou knowest to be the elders of the people, and officers over them, and bring them unto the tabernacle of the congregation, that they may stand there with thee. And I will come down, and talk with thee there." And I will take of the Spirit which is upon thee, and I will put it upon them. And they shall bear the burden of the people with thee, that thou bear it not thyself alone. And say thou unto the people, Sanctify yourselves against tomorrow, and ye shall eat flesh. For ye have wept in the ears of the Lord, saying, Who shall give us flesh to eat? For it was well with us in Egypt. Therefore the Lord will give you flesh, and ye shall eat. Ye shall not eat one day, nor two days, nor five days, neither ten days, nor twenty days, but even a whole month, until it come out at your nostrils, and it be loathsome unto you, because that ye have despised the Lord which is among you, and have wept before him, saying, Why came we forth out of Egypt? And Moses said, The people among whom I am are six hundred thousand footmen, and thou hast said, I will give them flesh, that they may eat a whole month. Shall the flocks and the herds be slain for them, to suffice them? Or shall all the fish of the sea be gathered together for them, to suffice them? And the Lord said unto Moses, Is the Lord's hand waxed short? Thou shalt see now whether my word shall come to pass unto thee or not. And here in Numbers chapter 11, verses 1 through, 20, uh, 1 through 23, the people are complaining because they don't have any flesh to eat. The people are complaining because they don't have the things, the food items that were provided for them, the, the cucumbers, the leeks, the fish, the um, garlic, the onions, and the melons, um, and they said freely. And so the people are complaining. Now, 
uh, they had some flocks and herds that they had brought with them. We see that in verse 22, where Moses is asking the Lord, Should, shall the flocks and the herds be slain for them to suffice them? So these flocks and these herds, they may have been used both for sacrifices, and then they may have been used for gathering milk and for uh, shearing the sheep, that clothing may be continued to be made out of the wool of the sheep. But it looks like they haven't been killing the animals to eat them and to sustain them with flesh because the Lord is already providing them the manna, which is a daily food, which was meeting all of their nutritional needs, which is a very incredible, amazing, miraculous thing. But the people are complaining because they, they want what they're craving for. They want what they're lusting after. And so they're they come to Moses, and Moses realizes that this is just too much for him to bear. And so he cries unto the Lord, and he, he desires of the Lord that um, either the Lord would help him with this, or that the Lord would kill him. And so we see here that Moses was vexed by this people almost to the point of death and desiring death. And so he prays in the Lord. The Lord says, okay, uh, Moses, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to take some of the uh, part of the spirit that is upon you, and I'm going to put it upon 70 elders, and they're going to help you rule over the people. And as for the flesh, I'm going to give you so much meat that it's going to come out of your nostrils. It's going to be loathsome unto you. Have you ever eaten so much of something that the taste of it just got... Uh, become wearisome to you to continue to eat it. That's what this people was uh, being promised to the Lord, that they would feel towards this meat that he was going to provide them for them, not just for one day, not just for 10 or 20 days, but for an entire month they're going to be eating of this. Now, in chapter 10 of the book of Proverbs, chapter 10, verse uh, 31 and 32, we're going to finish the uh, chapter 10 of the book of Proverbs today. And it says, The mouth of the just bringeth forth wisdom, but the froward tongue shall be cut out. The lips of the righteous know what is acceptable, but the mouth of the wicked speaketh frowardness. Once again, the mouth of the righteous, the lips of the righteous, are being compared to the mouth and the lips and the tongue of the froward and of the wicked. And the comparison is the mouth of the just man and of the righteous man. And so the just bringeth forth wisdom. Those that know discretion, that know understanding and know good judgment, they bring forth that wisdom that can help others to understand the wisdom of God, the knowledge of God, and to judge rightly and discreetly. And the lips of the righteous know what is acceptable, what is that good judgment. But the, the wicked, the froward tongue, shall be cut out. The, the wicked shall bring forth things that are not worthy to be spoken, and the mouth of the wicked speaketh frowardness, that's perverse things, things that alter the paths away from the truth and speak lies. And so because of this, the, their tongue, it says, shall be cut out, whether that is during their lifetime, uh, in a rarely a literal interpretation of this, but sometimes it could be. Sometimes um, pe people that lied so much or perverted judgment so much in some of the Middle uh, Eastern areas or some other cultures might have had their tongue bored through with um, a red-hot coal or what red-hot prongs or uh, a, an awl. Or we even, there was even some recordings of this happening in northeastern uh, America during the times of the Puritan 
reforms and Puritan laws where if people were found to be speaking heresy or uh, speaking things against the church, the Puritan church up there in the Northeast, like Massachusetts and Maine type of areas and, and uh, states up there, then they, by law, they were allowed to um, bore a a hole with like red hot irons or tongue tongs through somebody's tongue. And eventually, if they continue to just try to preach um the things that the church up there viewed as heresy, which sadly uh, our Baptist forefathers suffered from this persecution. Uh, we, you can find out more about that if you would read uh, America in Crimson Red, which is a, a book about the uh, Baptist movements in America and the Baptist um, uh, faithful preaching of the Word of God in America. But anyway, moving back to the scriptures... Um, it says that the froward tongue shall be cut out. At the end of time, the every word that the wicked speak shall finally be stopped once they're cast into the lake of fire, which is something that we should not be looking forward to. But at the same time, we can look forward to the fact that in the heavens and with God here on earth, when we are with him, there will be no lies. There will be no untruths. There will be no froward speech. Now we're going to read from the book of Mark, chapter 14, verses 1 through 21 tonight. After two days was the feast of the Passover, and of unleavened bread, and the chief priests and the scribes sought how they might take him by craft and put him to death. But they said, Not on the feast day, lest there be an uproar of the people. And being in Bethany, in the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at meat, there came a woman having an alabaster box of ointment of spikenard, very precious, and she brake the box and poured it on his head. And there were some that had indignation within themselves, and said, Why was this waste of the ointment made? For it might have been sold for more than three hundred pence, and have been given to the poor. And they murmured against her. And Jesus said, Let her alone, why trouble ye her? She hath wrought a good work unto me, for ye have the poor with you always, and whensoever ye will, ye may do them good, but me ye have not always. She hath done what she could, she is come aforehand to anoint my body to the burying. Verily I say unto you, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached throughout the whole world, this also that she hath done shall be spoken of for a memorial of her. And Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve, went unto the chief priest to betray him unto them. And when they heard it, they were glad, and promised to give him money, and he sought how he might conveniently betray him. And the first day of unleavened bread, when they were killed the Passover, his disciples said unto him, Where wilt thou that we go, and prepare that thou mayest eat at the Passover? And he sendeth forth two of his disciples, and saith unto them, Go ye into the city, and there shall meet you a man bearing a pitcher of water, follow him. And wheresoever he shall go in, say ye to the good man of the house, The master saith, Where is the guest chamber, where I shall eat the Passover with my disciples? And he will show you a large upper room, furnished and prepared. There make ready for us. And his disciples went forth, and came into the city, and found as he had said unto them. And they made ready the Passover. And in the evening he cometh with the twelve. And as they sat and did eat, Jesus said, Verily I say unto you, One of you which eateth with me shall betray me. And they began to be sorrowful, and to say unto him, One by one, Is it I? And another said, Is it I? And he answered, and said unto them, It is one of the twelve that dippeth with me in the dish. 
The Son of Man indeed goeth, as it is written of him. But woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. Good were it for that man if he had never been born. All right, for Mark chapter 14, here we're looking at his disciples and the Lord Jesus Christ coming into Jerusalem at the Passover. And after two days, it says, was the feast of the Passover and of unleavened bread. And the chief priests and scribes were looking for a way that they could put Jesus to death. They could accuse him, that they could condemn him to death. And so they're trying to come up with a way. And, but they didn't want to do it during the Passover and during the celebration because they were afraid of the people. That Because the people knew that Jesus was meeting the needs of the people, the actual spiritual needs and physical healing needs. And so then a woman comes in and she breaks a box of ointment. So these boxes of ointments used to be sealed of spikenard. And so to break um, the box was to release the ointment to be used. And so she broke this and um, poured it all over Jesus. And this was a anointing herb and ointment that could have been used for burials. And so she pours this over Jesus and they say, we could have sold this for 300 pence. That's uh, at that time, would have been uh, approximately about a year's wages. And so could you imagine a giant, a box of ointment or a box of perfume that is so expensive that it would have taken you a full year to purchase it and pay for nothing else but just that for one entire year. And all this to show how valuable the Lord Jesus Christ is and how honored he should be and he is. Now, Jesus says, you have the poor with you always. We still have the poor with us today. That has not changed and that never will. Jesus declared that they will always be with us. And whensoever we will, we may do them good. But me, you have not always. And so it's good that she has done this. She has done what she could. And she has come beforehand to anoint my body for the burning, prophesying his death. And verily I say unto you, I, wherever, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached, she shall be remembered. And so this woman is remembered through all time. Every time we read these passages, she is remembered, and this is spoken of for a memorial of her. Judas takes this, and he gets upset, and he takes this as a reason to go and prepare to betray the Lord Jesus, because he's not focused on worldly things. He's not focused on money, but Judas is. And so he, uh, he might be seeing now that the Lord is not in a money-making venture, and he's not trying to take advantage of people so that he could get gain. And Judas, the one who was holding the purse, would be more aware of this than any of the other apostles. He was never saved, and his focus was still on worldly, worldly things. He walked with Jesus, but he still did not believe and trust on the Lord Jesus Christ as his personal Lord and Savior. And so he decided that now's the time to betray Jesus unto the priests, and so he goes and makes a deal with them. Jesus, in the meantime, sends his uh, two of his disciples and says, go into the city, there you'll see a man bearing a pitcher of water. Well, that's kind of a strange thing going on at this time period, because normally the pitchers of water and the daily water was carried by women or carried by servants, and even women servants uh, especially, 
But here it says that a man shall be bearing a pitcher of water. And so this is a rare sight and will easily catch the eyes of the disciples as they are going into the city looking for him. And when you go and follow him, he'll go into a house and go to there and ask, where's the guest chamber where I shall eat the Passover with my disciples? And that, that that's what the master, Jesus Christ, was saying. And so he will show you a large upper room furnished and prepared there make ready for us. Though, okay, so this large upper room was most likely in a large house that had a central um, court in it that was open-aired and might have even had a, um, a fountain of water that would uh, rise up and would cool the air surrounding that so it would keep the house cool during the daytime and then the upper room would be possibly on a either a second story or raised up elevation above the floor and above the elevation of the courtyard in the center of the house and so this would be the prominent place of the house so that when somebody would walk in through the front entrance, just walking into the courtyard, the very first rooms and first things that they should see is that the fountain in the courtyard and then the upper room above that, above the fountain on the back side of the house, which is the best room and the best place and offers the best view and best, uh, the very best of the furniture and uh, the most elaborate, elaborate and intricate things and the very best the homeowner would have. And so he, the, the Lord is saying unto his disciples that he will give this unto us to use for the Passover. And so they did, and they prepared for it. Then he de declares unto them that um, some one of his disciples, one of you shall betray me. And they ask, is it I? Is it I? He says, the one that dip, dippeth with me in the dish. And so these dishes of food used to be cooked and baked so that they were so soft that they could either be pinched off with just the fingers to eat without using any utensils, or if it was a very liquid type of dish, it would be cooked so, so softly so that... Uh, people would take pieces of bread and they would use the bread as the instrument of getting portions of the dish and transferring that dish to their mouth. And so here's the, uh, what they were using this for. And so he that dippeth with me in the dish, so the same guy that um, at the same time that I use my piece of bread and dip into the dish to get the contents of the dish, whether it be some type of meat or soup or anything, and eats with me, that's the one that will betray me. And the Son of Man indeed goeth, as is written of him, so just as the uh, the Lord prophesied about this, and just as the prophets prophesied about this, but woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It were good for... Um, good were it for that man if he had never been born. And so Jesus is uh, pronouncing both a warning and also a, a curse upon that man that betrays him. And so we see that Judas was cursed by this. He, we see that Judas felt so guilty about his sin later on that we'll see that he goes and kills himself. He doesn't get saved and he doesn't really repent because repentance, true repentance, is turning unto the Lord. But he just kills himself and tries to create an escape route out of his own guilty conscience. Uh, friend, I want to say that the best way that we can know that 
we have a good relationship with God is to trust in him as our Lord and Savior and to trust in him to make the full atonement of our sins and that if we do trust in him, our sins are fully remitted and we have him living inside of our heart. Thank you once again for listening. Uh, I want to say that it's you that make this podcast possible and I just want to say once again thank you for that, for making this possible. It's a great encouragement to see every time I see another uh, listen or a number number uh, of people increasing the number of podcasts that were listened. So if you have any prayer requests, please email them to me. I would love to pray for you at wwgcaleb at gmail.com. That's wwgcaleb at gmail.com, and I'll be sure to look for those. Thanks once again, and we'll see you tomorrow for the next Walk With God podcast.